welcome to No Ordinary Women, the podcast where two ordinary broads chat about extraordinary women, the good, the bad, and the bad shit crazy. Hi, I'm Rose. And I'm Lynn. Rose, what are we talking about today? We're going to be... Or who are we talking about today? Sorry. I'm going to be telling the story of Lauren McCluskey. Ooh. Yeah. Have you heard of her before? <laughs> no, I actually haven't, and I feel like I'm probably really dumb that I haven't, but... No, um, I only heard of her because Chris told me about her oh, to do okay. this story, so you're I, not dumb. The name sounds, like, vaguely familiar, but I'm not... You may, like, no, like recognize the story when I tell you. Okay. I didn't, but okay, <laughs> you might. Any uh, any stuff we need to no, warn so, our people about? Um, our, our trigger warning listeners? is um, for murder yeah, and for... Domestic violence. Okay. Um, it's not the domestic violence isn't like super bad. It's more okay. like emotional. Okay. Um, but yeah. So if that's something that triggers you, just go and listen to our last episode twice. That's right. And um, or do something really nice for somebody else today instead of listening to our podcast. But if that doesn't bother no, you, don't do that. Or you thrive on true crime, Stay then listen here. to it. Listen to it, and then listen to it twice for the person who can't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not like the. It's really not graphic or anything. So, do you want to talk about our cocktail be before we get started? I do want to talk about our beautiful cocktail. They look really good. They're beautiful and they taste delicious. Um, so I've had a a rough couple weeks at work. It's been rough, and um, she's today, in a very bad mood, guys. Yeah, today I don't was, want to make eye contact. Today was one of those stressful days at work. Or I felt like I could get nothing done. And so I ran to the store before we recorded to grab some mint because I wanted to make mojitos. I thought that'd be a good springtime drink. So I grabbed – I had a couple of limes. I grabbed more limes and I gra- I went to grab mint. They were out. And I was like, okay. So I called my sister where we, where we, where we do our recording and I asked her if she had mint. She has a ton in her yard. I thought she did. So we do the recording on her sister. On my, We sit on top of her. <laughs> yeah, we and, record. <laughs> <laughs> and she just has to be really quiet. <laughs> she can't make any noise the whole time. <laughs> anyway, um, so I went to the store. They were out of mint. So my sister said, yeah, I have some. So I came here. I ran back home to squeeze the limes. <laughs> I squeezed 10 ounces of limes, which is like, I think it was like eight or nine limes. And then I went to grab the container I squeezed it in to pour it into the cocktail because I was making like a pre-made cocktail. And I knocked it on the floor, all over my kitchen floor, <laughs> all over a basket of clean laundry that was in my kitchen. And so I had to improvise at the last minute. And I added passion fruit um, juice to some Bacardi rum, uh, a little bit of lime juice, the two ounces that was left, and um, a little bit of seltzer and mint and lime. This are the limes. So it's, it's actually – It's really good. It's like a passion fruit mojito-ish. Yeah, right. So – and they're actually really yummy. And I topped it with a splash of soda water. See, so. I'm, I'm not good at – like you're good, really good at like cooking and – and making drinks, and I'm not, and so I'd be like following a recipe mm-hmm. to make a drink, and then I'd be like, "Fuck it, I can't make this anymore." <laughs> We're having beer. <laughs> yeah. We're having seltzers from my freezer. I just my was fridge. like, when I spilled the lime juice, I was like, "You have got." To. I was so stressed out because I was also running late, and I was feeling really bad that I was running late, and um, I was feeling really bad that I was late, and I was like rushing, and that's probably why I spilled the lime. And juice. And I was but... texting her and harassing her. And yeah. She, she Where was... have you left it? You haven't left it. And I'm like. 
I was Look. stalking her on my phone. Like, oh my god, she's still at her house. <laughs> this bitch. I, my <laughs> other job, my day job, I like sit down at my computer. I mostly work from home, and I take my dog on two like ten minute walks during the day. The rest of the time. I eat my breakfast, my lunch, my coffee, everything right at the computer. I don't leave my computer. I am insanely overwhelmed and busy and overworked. I'm just going to say it. And underpaid. And, and underpaid. <laughs> and so it's. I was just so stressed out today because I kept getting curveballs. Well, I got a, like three curveballs in the middle of the day and I just, you know, I, I can't get anything so done. Much, yeah. So yeah. that only happens when you're like super busy. Right. And I'm getting ready to go take some time off. And so I want to have a lot of like my loose strings, like my loose ends tied. Yeah, and right. just like I don't like to leave like anything lingering. And yeah. It's just going to have to linger. That's so frustrating. Because you know what? It'll, it'll be there when I get back. Yeah, right. Nobody's going to do my job. You still won't well, be my, paid enough. So my colleague. <laughs> no, I still won't. And my colleague will do some of my job. But, you know, for the most part, I still have. You know, yeah, it'll it won't. Yeah. It's not going to go anywhere. So anyway, so, enough of that crap. Um, so Rose is going to tell us about... Well, first, I want to tell you about this little story that I read about this guy's last meal that I think you'll enjoy. This guy? What guy? It's just some guy, like some huh. um, prisoner's last meal. That it had I nothing read. to do with the story. It has nothing to do oh, with okay. the story. Okay. And I just I just saw it and um, you know how we love like last meals. Yeah. So I was like, I, I need to tell Lynn about this. So um, his name was Gary Carl Simmons Jr. And he was known as The Butcher. Um, for crime, he dismembered some people. And oh, that's it? He was sentenced to die in prison. His last meal was 29,000 calories. <laughs> that would totally I was be like, mine. See, this is what I call a last meal. Yeah, like, like, why would you not have that? Right. Like, I'd be ordering fucking everything, Absolutely everything. I've ever eaten yeah. and enjoyed. All right, so it was... One Pizza Hut medium super supreme deep dish pizza, oh, double portion <laughs> with mushrooms, onions, jalapeno peppers, and pepperoni. Yeah, he does have to worry about it burning coming out. One pizza regular portion with three cheese, olives, bell peppers, tomato, garlic, and Italian sausage. So that's two pizzas. Mm. Ten eight-ounce packs of Parmesan cheese. <laughs> the fuck? Oh, my Ten God. He just covered it with Parmesan eight cheese. Eight-ounce packs of ranch dressing. Uh, One family size pack of Doritos nacho flavor, nacho cheese flavor, (laughs) eight ounce jalapeno nacho cheese, four ounce sliced jalapenos, two large strawberry shakes, two 20 ounce cherry Cokes, one supersize order of McDonald's fries with extra ketchup and mayonnaise, and two pints of strawberry ice cream. He likes strawberries. The the ice cream was to cool down his belly as he was eating all those jalapenos. See, I would have changed a few. Like, I mean, good for him. Yeah. Not not, not that I need to congratulate him on anything since he's chopping people up. Yeah, well. um, (laughs) That's totally something I would do. But I wouldn't order two of anything because I'm like, why would you waste your, like, like, first of all, do you have all day to eat it? I don't. I don't know how that works. I but need I, mean, to, I, I need feel more like details. I would. I wouldn't order a double of anything because I would eat like the two pizzas. I would eat like probably one or two pieces from each right. pie. Exactly. You because you I mean? need enough room. Yeah. For so, everything. Yeah. And I don't know. That sounds like that sounds like a junk food diet to me. I would have like filet mignon with a nice bourguignon sauce and mushrooms and. Yeah, <laughs> I'd probably like but have it's just like a, you know crab of... cakes, crab. Mm-hmm. Um, shrimp, shrimp. Um, excuse me, pre, 
pre-shelled uh, crab. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can order it like that. There's there's a thing in um called seafood Norfolk, and it's like shrimp, scallops. Uh, I think it's shrimp, scallops, crab meat. I can't remember if there's clams in it or not, but like you can get it. In, like, Virginia Beach, if you go to a seafood restaurant yeah. sometimes. And what it is, I think what it is, is, like, the day before's, like, leftover seafood. Oh, okay. Right? And then yeah. they just shell it and throw it into this with butter and garlic. Oh. And, oh, my God. And they broil it. It's so oh, freaking good. Oh, that sound good. And so it's like, I could eat my weight in seafood Norfolk. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely get some McDonald's fries, though. McDonald's fries is a good thing. Or or with a Wendy's Frosty to dip them Ooh. in. Oh, I had this weekend, we went to Dairy Queen. I had never been to Dairy Queen. What? Yeah, I mean, I don't Are know why I've never, never been, been to Dairy Queen. We don't have them in Hawaii, and I just uh, you've been in the you've been no, in the I, I, know, I know that, but but I mean, There's like, one I ne- literally so I never, like two miles from your house. I never had it growing up, and then like moving here, I'm like, I don't know. It's just like a fast food place, so I never thought oh, about their going there. Are good. So Chris mentioned that like we were or whatever they're trying called. to find a place to eat Blur- on Saturday lizards. night, mm-hmm. and so he's like, "What about Dairy Queen?" And I was like. No, like, okay, like, let's try that out. And so um, I got, like, a hamburger and fries or something. But I got a fucking blizzard, blizzard and it had, like, it was, like, an Oreo blizzard with cookie chunks or something in it. It was, like, um, oh my God, the like chocolate, are so good. like, chocolate cookie dough chunks or something like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was, like, I should not have eaten that because that's all I ever want to eat anymore. When we lived... Um, north of town when I owned my house up there. Yeah. It was like the Dairy Queen was like was right five there. minutes from yeah. my house. And so we would eat, we would get Dairy Queen like blizzards quite often. And I love the turtle one. It's like caramel, oh, like the yeah. print, the broken yeah. up tur- uh, like pecan yeah, covered. Right. Oh my God. Like chocolate covered pecans with caramel and like chocolate ice cream or I don't even know if it's vanilla. I don't remember, but oh my God, I could eat that stuff till the cows so come out. Good. <laughs> so good. Chris got... Um, the strawberry, like strawberry cheesecake. Or che- something. Oh yeah! And I was—he always loves like strawberries, mm-hmm. ice cream, and stuff. And oh, I, it reminds I'm, you of the dismemberment guy. That's why I thought about it because I saw <laughs> strawberry, and I'm always like, eh, like I'm not really into that. You know, like I like chocolate and cookies and stuff. Yeah, I took a bite of that. It has like cheesecake chunks in it. Oh yum! You do has I really good had milk an orgasm. Ch- you do. <laughs> It was that so wasn't good. cheesecake in there. <laughs> it was so good. Do you know what um, you knew is really good is um, uh, what's it called? Um, oh my god, the place on on Emmett between Barracks um, Cookout. Cookout. Yeah, they have the best milkshakes. They have like a banana. Um, ban- um, Banana pudding milkshake, and it's like chunks of vanilla wafers, chunks of bananas. Oh, oh my I don't God, like so banana good. stuff. But it's like got everything in. I mean, they have every kind of milkshake you could ever imagine. I have had their milkshakes before, but I think I just got like a regular chocolate one. And oh, I that's like, stupid, Rose. I, I know. I was like, I'm not impressed, but I'll try it again just for you. Their hamburgers are good, too. And then we had ice cream on Sunday. <laughs> nice. Chris was like, oh, on Monday yeah. morning, he's like, the scale's up a lot. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I didn't get on the scale. <laughs> Why would you do that? I know. Oh, my God, not on a Monday, After we ever. Ate, like, Dairy Queen and yeah, Dairy Queen. ice cream two times. And he got a milkshake at Dairy Queen, a strawberry milkshake at, I mean, at Core Brothers. Oh, my God. They, yeah, they call, you know, it, um, I think on my, the healthy food blogger I follow, she constantly posts about Dairy Queen. Oh, really? 
Hell no, girl. It's fine then, right? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. There's no calories. <laughs> All right, It Rose, was pretty good, though. Tell us about your girl or your woman. Okay, so first I'm going to shout out to my husband, Chris. No, don't do that. He's a boy. Just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> Not nice, Lynn. Not nice. No. Um, so he told me, he was like, why don't you ever do any stories I recommend? That's his voice. <laughs> I recommend <laughs> my pretty. <laughs> oh my god! So when we were on, he said this on when we were at the beach on vacation over spring break, uh-huh. and so he's like, "I recommended blah 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 to you." And one of the ones he had mentioned was Lauren McCluskey, and I was like. Okay, like I really wasn't paying attention to him, but then, <laughs> but then he, um, like, it, there happened to be a 2020 episode on TV because the Beach House has like just cable TV. Yeah, like basic cable, and um, they have more than basic, but it's not like streaming. Okay. Oh. Um, and so. Oh, it's not a smart TV. Yeah. And so he turns on this 2020 episode about Lauren McCluskey. And I was like, like he had just literally just told me about it like That's five really minutes weird. before. That's how bizarre. So I'm kind of like, did he the know? The stars aligned. I know. It was so weird. And so are the days of, of our, our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we watched the, that episode and then I watched it again um, this week. Oh, okay. But it was a really good episode. And. Um, I also got information from a podcast called Murder in America. Have you heard of it? I don't think so. I don't think so either, but it's apparently a popular podcast. It can't be nearly as popular as ours. No. I mean, ours is like number one in Apple. I wish these people with the paparazzi would stop following me. Ugh, it's so exhausting. <laughs> you know, put it right in your tooth. Rose just had some mint from some her mint cocktail hanging, hanging off her face. It like covered her middle, her it's front tooth, sexy. and she had a big green tooth. <laughs> no, <it> did <laughs> Okay, all right. Stop playing around, Lynn. This is a serious Me? podcast. All right. So Lauren McCluskey was born on February twelfth, nineteen ninety-seven. Uh, that's like the same age as Casey. Oh. Yeah, Casey's. That's that's the year Casey was born. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I had to think for a second. No, because she's born in February of 1997. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. What's her birthday? I'm not going to say it on here. Somebody might steal her identity. Rose. Well, she would never know. She didn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't know. That's how touché. it got stolen. <laughs> totally touche. <laughs> She'd be like, somebody stole my identity. I'm like, I don't know how that happened. How'd they know your birthday? I don't know. How'd they get your birthday? What did they? What? What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So she was born in Pullman, Washington, Washington State. So in high school, she was a standout athlete and excelled in both track and soccer. But track was like her true love and what she really wanted to do. Her parents say that she was pretty athletic and competitive. And the um, 2020 episode shows a home video of her and her brother, like talking about how competitive she is. So it's mm-hmm. her and her brother and her brother's like, oh, we're going to um, we're having a competition to see who can recite the most digits of pi. Which oh, my God. Which Lynn and I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
My sister and I would have never had this conversation. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Unless and, it was real pie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I could eat the most pie. Yeah. <laughs> and Lauren goes off. Like, she, like, recites all these digits, and um, then she gets stuck, like, at a point where she can't go on anymore. And she's, like, she gets, like, you can tell she gets mad that uh-huh. she doesn't know. <laughs> she, like, she's, like, 12. You don't want to get beat out by a boy. Yeah, and she's, like... Okay, I'm done. Just turn it off. <laughs> it's very cute. But obviously, it shows how smart she is, you know? Yeah. That's like Aaron. Aaron's like that. My nephew. When's his birthday? You want to tell us all? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's coming up. <laughs> yeah, Aaron is very, very smart. But he loves pie. Like, he loves the whole pie thing. I, I, I don't get it. I love pie, too. I mean, I love pie. <laughs> but we have two different... <laughs> For meetings of pie. When Julia was two, she had some pie, and I was like, Julia, is that good? She goes, I love pie. <laughs> <laughs> me too, Julia. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Same girl, same. Yeah, Erin can do a um, Rubik's Cube in, like, literally, like, 10 seconds. Oh, no. And um, his grandfather was like, Erin, how do you do that so fast? He's like, you just have to know the... Um, there's like an algorithm, algorithm for it. Or, yeah. You just have to know the algorithm, Grandpa. And and he was like, he looked at me and he's like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I was like, same, yeah, same. Yeah. I can get one side if I'm lucky. <laughs> I yeah, I mean it's it's. I think I might have gotten two. Once. Sometimes when he does it, I'm like, okay, it can't be that hard. Give it to me. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I can't do it after 30 seconds. So anyway, her dad says like. He's like, yeah, she was pretty famous in high school. Everyone would be like, oh, so you're Lauren McCluskey's dad. (laughs) Like you could tell he was like, thought he was famous at the high school. Like so proud of her. Yeah, it was really cute. So when she was eight, her mom put her into track and she beat three records that year. Oh, my gosh. At eight? At eight. Holy moly. And then her mom was like, okay, um... Because she, she seemed to love it. And she was like, okay, if you make nationals, I'll take you. Because it was, like, out of state. Right. And she made it, went to nationals, and won second place. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think she was 10 at that point. Wow. So That's um, crazy. Charlotte is, like, a really good runner. Uh-huh. And I'm trying to start a running club at her school so that, like, she can actually get into running. Uh-huh. But she is so fast. Like, I will race her, and I i mean, my legs are longer than hers. Not by much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. And you would think, like, I mean, she's six, you know? Like, yeah. I should be able to beat her easily. And she, she smokes me. It's crazy. Rose. I know. I'm just really slow. But <laughs> <laughs> I do run. Like, it's not like I'm, like. No, I'm just teasing. You know? No, but it is. I mean, because she's running twice the amount that you are, Right. Probably. I mean, she's she's incredibly fast. It, it That's trips awesome. Me out. And she likes to run. So I'm like, oh, maybe. You know, start a running club, get her into it. I yeah. just want her to be, like, healthy. And I'm not going to, like, beat her so that she'll win. Oh, uh, let's be honest, Rose. What are you going to really do? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to tie her to the back of your car and make her run while you're driving. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Charlotte. So her best, her best friend, Regina, is interviewed a lot in this 2020 episode. And Regina has been her best friend for, like, ever. Like, that childhood best friend you have. Aww. And she says, like, that Lauren loved to sing, and she was very, like, adventurous and would try anything at least one time. And um, so Lauren graduates high school in 2015, and she goes to the University of Utah 
because they had like a really good track and field program and she had gone there and met like the coaches and the team and really liked everyone and got along with everyone and her um mom was was assured that it was like a really really safe school it's one of like the safest schools in the united states okay and so her mom felt really good about that you know as a parent that's what you want yeah. right for and sure so, at the University of Utah, Lauren quickly becomes the star of the show. And she was one of the best, if not the best, on the track team. And she won the Pac-12 All-Academic all Honorable Mention in 2017. She really loved college. She had a great group of friends. Um, she went to ch church regularly with one of her friends. She didn't do drugs. They drank, but not a yeah. lot, you know, like, not like we did. Or do. <laughs> yeah. I don't drink, Chris. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're talking about. Something's me messed up. I never drink. <laughs> um, she was just like all, an all-around good kid, focused on school and her faith, and liked to have a good time with her friends, but was very responsible. And she was pretty shy. She didn't really date much. Um, and she, she kind of wanted to date, but she was... Because she was so, so shy. She just yeah. kind of... And she had fun with her friends and just kind of was okay with it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure she was super busy because she was on the track team. Yeah, they train constantly. Right. And so the beginning of her senior year, she and her friend Alex went out to a bar in downtown Salt Lake City to have a few drinks and dance and whatnot. And when they get there, the bouncer is talking them up outside and he you keeps... okay, Rose? Yeah. He you keeps, need me to burp you? <laughs> <laughs> he keeps stopping by their table to talk to them and, and flirt with Lauren. And so around midnight, they get up to leave, and Alex turns around, and the bouncer has his hands, like, on Lauren's shoulders. And Alex was kind of like, like, she didn't say it was aggressive, but she kind of made a face where it was kind of like, I don't I don't know how to explain like. You know how those men who are, like, kind of aggressive, but, like, playfully aggressive? Yeah. Like, yeah. he was kind of doing that thing. And so Alex was kind of like, meh, you know? Yeah. And, um... Well, and if he's the bouncer, they feel like he's a safe person. Yeah, right. Exactly, right? yeah. I did it a bouncer once. Me too. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Not a good one. No, I mean, he was nice. It was, it was very short-lived, so. Yeah, mine too. And so he and Lauren exchanged numbers, and the next day they immediately had plans for a date. Like, the, I think they went on a date the next day. <laughs> she liked a bouncer. Yeah. So he tells her that his name is Sean Fields, and he's 28 years old, going to Salt Lake Community College and working at a call center. And he immediately starts love-bombing her. Oh, no. He shows up to the, their first date with flowers. Um, within a week, he's, like, living in her dorm with her. Oh, my God. And starts calling her girl, her his girlfriend and taking her out all the time. And for her, it's like, this is her first boyfriend. She, yeah. A, doesn't know that that's weird. Yeah. And B, is probably enjoying it because yeah, it feels excited. good. You yeah. know, yeah. No, she probably did. She probably felt like she was feeling special. She yeah. being treated special yeah. and like nobody had ever treated her like that. Yeah. Right. I'm sure. And she was, I was actually like, I know this probably sounds weird, but, and garbagey, but I was surprised that she hadn't dated much. She's 
a gorgeous, gorgeous girl. Mm-hmm. But you said she was super shy. Yeah. So if guys would approach her, she probably would right. kind of yeah, like that's true. not be very receptive. So then the red star- red flags start to fly all over the place. And just like Lynn, she doesn't see them. <laughs> <laughs> Did she stand on them and go, what red flags? I don't see any red flags. I don't see any red flags. <laughs> But unlike Lynn, she is new to dating and didn't know that they were red flags. <laughs> so um, Alex said when they were newly dating, Lauren had said to her, Sean said I could invite a few friends to go out and meet him on Thursday. Like he's giving – she's like, I didn't really like that because he's like – like she had to ask permission. Yeah. Like he said she could do it. Yeah. And um, and she was always so independent that it was like really weird for her friend, you know? Right. And then she also told her, he told me to wear a T-shirt and jeans, so that's why I'm wearing this. And her friend's mm-hmm. like, mm, like, you know. Yeah. I mean, they're like 21, I think, at this yeah. point. And yeah. it's, you know when your friend's like dating someone that's garbage and you're like, oh. <laughs> no, I'm usually the one yeah. dating. <laughs> that's true. It's usually that's me, true. so I don't know. <laughs> um, and I really like, I blame like. Twilight. Have you ever watched Twilight? No, I never got into that. I never watched any of those. But in like Twilight and a lot of romance novels, it's like the guy's like very possessive. Right. And and the girl enjoys that because she feels like, oh, that means he really likes me. Yeah. Yeah. But really, it's unhealthy. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) It's totally controlling. And yeah. Right. Absolutely. I mean, Edward was like, Edward in Twilight was super possessive and like, controlling but that was i can even remember reading it i was probably in my early 20s and feeling that way like oh god he like really really is really into her you know like yeah i don't know why we feel yeah, like that I, just never got, I don't know why i just never got into that series well you were probably much older yeah I when was, it came out I, yeah much, i wasn't more growing much up older. But, you know <laughs> <laughs> so um but then you grow up and you're like Wait a second. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that that motherfucker's. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So after like a week of dating, he moves into her dorm, basically. Like, I mean, he's not technically moved in, but he's basically yeah. living in her dorm. He's sure there all the time. What? I'm sure her roommate loves that. See, I don't know if she had a roommate. Oh. Nothing ever mentions her roommate. I mean, how many colleges do you know that don't have roommates? Right? I mean, they all have roommates. Well, this usually. dorm also has men in it. Yeah, there's co-ed dorms. Oh, are there? Okay. Yeah, but and most of the time, well, I don't even know how it is now, but a lot of times, like, the females are on one floor and the males are on the next if they're oh, not on the okay. same floors. Okay. But, I mean, that, that could totally be different now. Yeah. And I guess it doesn't really matter, except that men are disgusting. Yeah, share a bathroom with a bunch of men. No, ma'am. Oh, my God, dorms still have bathrooms in it, do they? Like, you have to go well, share a bathroom? It just depends on the dorm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um... Like, Joanne lived in a dorm, and it was a suite, so there was, like, three girls in the room next door, and there was two of them in her room, and they shared a bathroom. Oh, okay. That's not bad. But, like, when Caitlin, one of the dorms she lived in, there was the the bathrooms were at the end of the hall. But was it all, was it It was all girls on her floor. Okay, that's not bad. I mean, it still sucks, but. Yeah. So, um, He's there all the time, and when he's not there, he's calling her constantly to Oof. check in on her, and, and if he doesn't answer, he, like, flips out on her. He has his thumb on her. Yeah, right. We've all been there. Mm. And so her friends start to ask her about it because they're, like, concerned about her. 
And she's like, oh, you know, he's just had a hard life and and he's insecure and he wants to know what I'm doing and and I just have to reassure him. And I just rolled my eyes, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Within weeks, he basically completely brainwashes her and starts oh to isolate God. her from her friends because she doesn't want to go out. I've been in a relationship like that where you don't yeah. you don't want to go out because you don't want to deal with the drama. Yep. Exa- absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just easier to stay home and just not. Yeah. And it was years after I got out of that relationship. That was my first marriage. And before I realized what what went on. Yeah, that like, you wait. Yeah, you had no idea. Yeah, I had yep. no idea because it happens slowly, and you don't you don't even realize it. Yeah, yeah, you don't believe, you don't even understand that you're under their thumb. No, you have no you, idea. You have no yep. idea because you you've kind of made accommodations and and just to make it work and to right. keep yeah. the peace. Yeah, exactly. And so you don't. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And it's it slowly becomes like your new normal, and so you're yep. just like going along with it. So. He buys her pepper spray to to protect herself from men. Mm-hmm. And her friends are like, that's really weird. Like, you know, but they're like, uh, it's so, like they kind of let it go. Like, okay, that's weird that he's buying yeah. you pepper spray. But it's not the end of the world. You know yeah. what I mean? But then they find out that he's planning to buy her a gun to protect herself. And so In they... In a dorm? Right. Oh, I think the fuck not. And so... They go to their friend, Diamond Jackson, who also happens to be their housing supervisor. And they tell her that they're concerned about Lauren's behavior. Um, or not Lauren's. Well, they're concerned about Lauren's boyfriend because yeah. of his behavior. And he's, you know, controlling her mm-hmm. and he's very possessive. And now he's talking about buying her a gun, and they're really worried because why does she need a gun? <laughs> yeah, in a dorm room. Right. Yeah. Um, and she's a senior at this point. Like, you've lived three years here. I think you're okay, you know? Yeah. She's never felt threatened before. So so Diamond is immediately like, wait, you're, you know, people are not supposed to have guns here. Yeah. <laughs> this is a dorm. <laughs> yeah. And so she goes to her supervisor and tells her supervisor that, she, like, lays it all out. What's happening? This guy is, you know, basically like, extremely possessive. He wants to buy her a gun. He is isolating her. Her personality has changed. Her friends are very worried. Tells them the whole thing. And her supervisor does nothing. <gasps> She's like, I-, I fully expected something to happen for them to, to be like, you know, we're going to move her or ban him from campus. Oh, and he's living with her, which is also against the rules. Right, he's not a student. Right. So he, yeah, why, just don't let him come on campus yeah. anymore. Hello. And this so, is like a no-brainer. Yeah. They do absolutely nothing, okay? First of many times. All right, so to give you an idea of this timeline, they meet on September 1st, and this is early October, so like a month later. Mm-hmm. Early October is when, wait. That's when she went to the supervisor? This is, no, what I'm about to tell you oh, is okay. early October. Okay. Something about this room makes my eyes so dry. Like Mine I, too. Mine really? Dry, I yeah. just, I'm struggling. Like, I just need to stop wearing my contacts and wear my glasses because I'm, you, I'm like struggling. I feel like I need to. have been saying that since we started last October. What? <laughs> you've been saying that since we started doing I, this last October. I, I keep forgetting. I, I don't even remember ever saying it. But anyway, go ahead. I'll text you. Okay, thanks. <laughs> So it's been a, they're da- they've been dating like a month, uh-huh. and 
he stays over at Lauren's dorm like normal. And in the morning, he leaves to run some errands. Using her car, of course, because he doesn't have a car, shockingly. Mm. And Lauren's just cleaning up her room, and she notices that Sean has left his ID. And so she's never seen his ID, so she just is curious, and she grabs it and looks. And she's like, oh, my God. His name is different. His name is actually Melvin Sean Rowland. Melvin? Yeah, Melvin. So he's going by his middle name, but a different last name even. Yeah, I mean, he's completely changed his name. What a weird and it was different spelling, too. On his idea, it was S-H-A-W-N, and, and he was going by S-E-A-N. It's going by Sean Fields. And so she look, keeps looking at his ID and realizes that his birthday is different than what she told him, too. He's what not he 28. Her? I mean, what he told her, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not 28. He's 37. <gasps> Rose. <laughs> 37. And is he really going to the community college? No. Oh <laughs> he's my not. God. He's 16 years older than her. What a weirdo. So she immediately goes to the computer and Googles the name on the ID because mm-hmm. she's like, what the f? Yeah. Oh, can you even imagine what she's like in complete shock? Oh my God. And one of the first results is his mugshot along oh, with a no. long rap sheet. And with the information that he is a registered sex offender. (gasps) Stop it. He had been arrested for enticing a minor on the Internet. He had tried to meet up with a 13-year-old. Oh, no. To have wild sex. Happened to be the FBI. Thank God. So, wait, how old was she when they met? 21. Oh, she was 21 when they met. Yeah, Okay. So, she was an underage. Okay. And... um. He's also he was also convicted of attempted forceful sexual abuse, which is a third degree felony, and that was on a he had met a a girl on a dating app who was seventeen. Uh huh. He had met up with her, like gone to her house, her and her parents' house, and she was like, "No, like, oh, I'm tired. I want to go. Like, it's time for you to leave." Blah blah blah. And he raped her. <gasps> And as he was leaving, after he raped her, he finished up. As he was leaving, he said, you don't have to worry about seeing me again, and I won't take anything from you. Oh, that's all she has? That's, she yeah. doesn't have to worry about anything else? Right. Oh, well, yeah. I'm really glad. Yeah, he's so He sweet. let her know that. Douchebag. So he went to prison for 10 years. Mm. So from here on out, I'm going to call him Melvin, since that's his actual name. So Lauren was sitting there terrified, and she decided to call her friend Alex. And she pours everything out to Alex. And Alex is like, okay, this is, that's it. That's it. Like, <laughs> you absolutely cannot continue seeing him. And Lauren actually agrees. And she knew she needed to mm. break up with him immediately. So Lauren had actually planned a trip to go home for a few days to see her parents. And when she was there, she told them everything. Her parents were really, they didn't know anything about how he was treating her. You know, they of knew course, what yeah. she was telling them. And yeah. they thought he was this great guy and she was very happy. Of course, yeah. And um, they were happy to find out that she was going to break up with him, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> because of all that. And um, But her mom was, like, really scared because she knew, like, this guy's a sexual predator and he's... Obviously, Obviously a criminal. Yeah, a criminal, and he's lied. Oh so what God. else is he capable of? And so 
um, she goes back to Utah and and goes back to campus. And Melvin immediately comes over, of course. And she confronts him about everything. And he tries to play it off, you know. I mean, the typical abuser, narcissist, you know. And he probably started crying, you don't trust me. Yeah, right. Like, he's like, oh, it was at a fraternity party. And the girl lied about her age. And then... Um, we had sex and she turned it around and said I raped her and like that was the charge and then I got I got convicted of it and you know it's not my fault I'm just an innocent person poor guy bless his heart and he hadn't told her the truth about his age and stuff because he wasn't sure he, he, he didn't think she would like him if he she knew she knew all of that she shouldn't right <laughs> and she wouldn't have so she continues to just kind of like break up with him like okay like but you need to leave because we're no longer going to be together like she stays strong and he basically like holds her hostage in her house for hours and until he finally agrees to leave like after hours of of you know trying to talk her out of oh my god leaving him that kind of conversation is absolutely emotionally exhausting oh, too. Oh yeah. I mean because you say the same thing over and over again, they're not listening and they keep trying to it's, Yeah, and they're lying to you the whole time. Oh my god, time. I've had conversations like this more times than I'd like to admit and it's awful. Yeah. And so he's finally like, "Okay, I'll leave, but I'm I need to take your car." Uh and you know why he's doing that? Because he wants to be able to contact her again and yeah, have a reason well, to And he leaves her stranded. Right. Yeah. <sighs> and so we're broken up, but I'm still need I still need to borrow your car. Yeah. He's just playing on her emotions. Yeah, right. And he wants to be able to to like see her again oh, and yeah. have a reason. And so she's like, I don't fucking care at this point. Like, take my car, take whatever you want, just yeah. get out of my fucking house. And I'm sure she was terrified knowing this stuff about him, knowing that he had lied. Yeah. And the fact that she stayed strong is amazing. So this is when Lauren and her mom start contacting campus police. And this was the first time they contacted campus police and the only time campus police actually did a good job. <laughs> so, and I listened to like every single 911 call from Lauren to to the campus police and to the Salt Lake City police. I just don't, I don't understand. Sorry to interrupt you. I don't understand. Like this is not that long ago. So, yeah. and how in God's green earth were they not paying attention to somebody like oh my god it gets if this was if it was like 30 years ago you know they just right, didn't yeah. take this stuff seriously yeah. i mean it was awful it doesn't make it okay but this is way too recent for them not to take this seriously it gets so much worse <laughs> <laughs> so um first her mom calls campus please and she's like my daughter has to get her car back from her ex-boyfriend who's mm lied to her about these things and campus police can't do anything about that well they're like and she's like i'd like somebody to kind of like be with her when Mm. she does it and so the woman's like i completely understand she's like amazing i think she was actually a student and she's like working at campus like as a dispatcher right and um she's amazing she's like okay let me call lauren because i need to make sure it's okay with her you know she's an adult obviously so she calls lauren and lauren's like well no, I think it's fine. Like, um, I plans actually change, and he's gonna drop the car off here in my parking lot. And the lady, the woman's like, 
do you, or do you need, you know, I can send someone over. They can just be on, like, standby in case. And she's like, no, I think it's going to be fine. Yeah. But then later she calls them back, like, mm-hmm. the next day when I was supposed to go down. And she's like, he changed back to meeting. They were originally going to meet at the stadium. Mm-hmm. He changed back to meeting at the stadium. Um, I'd actually like someone to give me a ride and stay with me. And mm-hmm. so she's like, and and when it, before that, when it was, when he was going to, um, just dropped the car off at her dorm. The woman, the dispatcher had called the officers like on duty and told them like the time and stuff and was like, I just want you guys to be hanging around. Yeah. Like that's how, that's how it should have been. You know what I mean? They didn't even have to get out of the car. They just had to be sitting there. Yeah. She did did an excellent job. So the, um, Uh, you know, the key word in that sentence was she, she, yeah. Yeah. No shit. Well, actually there's another woman who did a shitty job. So Uh actually a couple more. So, um, a officer takes her to meet. It, he said it was his friend, but then I think it ended up being him. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, she gets her car back by going to the stadium and picking it up, and there's no incident because they knew she was with a security mm-hmm. officer. And so, as soon as she gets home, he starts texting and calling again. <sighs> And he is texting from and emailing from like a bunch of different numbers and email addresses pretending to be friends of his. And so he's telling her like, you know, pretending to be his friend Bob and is like, oh, you know, Sean's a really good guy and blah, blah, blah. And you, you should give him a second chance. And pound sand, Bob. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so you sir can fuck off. <laughs> They're all him. I mean, obviously, yeah, obviously. but yeah. And then um, they start getting mean because you know that's just oh, yeah. the cycle. And then then it it's like, oh well, Melvin's been in an accident, oh, and so you need Jesus. to go to the hospital. If you know, if you really love him, you need to go to the hospital and and see him. And she's like, poor thing. She's never had a boyfriend. Right. She's just so confused. Yeah, but she. I mean, this is shocking to me. She is like smart enough to know that he's full of shit and that he's, it's him. Good like it's her. all him. And so she like blocks the numbers, but then she gets more texts and his friends are like, his friends <laughs> are like, oh, he died. He he was oh, in the hospital. Great. He died. We and could so only be so You lucky. need to come to his funeral. Like his funeral is going to be here at this time. You need to come to it. So they're trying to like, well, the, the, he's trying to get her out of the house and come to like an isolated spot. Right. And she knows it's him, so she's like, "I'm not going to do that." She says, "Please stop contact me, contacting me," and she blocks the number again. And I really think this is like a testament to her parents for like raising her to trust her instincts yeah. and know when she's in danger. Like, yeah, I mean, for a 21 year old who's never been in a relationship mm-hmm. to have that kind of oh, I never would have like in no, I mean, I for sure would have fallen for way more shit than that. Oh, at that absolutely. Age. So, Me too, one hundred percent. I mean, I assume it was her parents that taught her that, but regardless, whatever it was, she yeah, she did an excellent job. Well, she listened to her gut, yeah, which you know, so many women don't do. So then Melvin starts texting her and calling her pr- again, pretending to be someone else, saying that he has her nudes, and there are nudes of him and her that they took. I'm they sure, did. They did take some. Yeah, and I'm sure, oh. like. Knowing that this guy was a sexual offender. Oh, my God. Poor thing. He probably—I can't even imagine what she didn't tell people had happened to her. Oh, yeah. Well, he talked to her in her pride. He's a fast talker. Yeah. Absolutely. And so she he has nudes of her, and he's 
says, but he's pretending to be someone else that unless you send me a thousand dollars, I'm gonna send them to everyone you know. Oh good. And grief. post them online. And so she's twenty one. I mean, if somebody said that to me now, I'd be like, Go ahead. I mean, nobody wants to see that. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna be the laughing stock of the internet when people open up my nudes, buddy. <laughs> People are gonna be like, "Oh God, what is this? Why did I do that? Like, why did I open that awful clickbait?" So she immediately sent him the money, and he says, like later on, that she actually sent him a thousand dollars, and then he was still harassing her, and she sent him a thousand dollars again, and he sent the thousand dollars back because he. You'll find out later that he was in her email. He had like her. He was seeing her emails and knew she had contacted the police. So then he oh. got in, he got scared, oh. thinking he was going to get in trouble. <laughs> Dude, you're in big trouble. So I mean, she obviously knows it's him. So she calls campus police again and reports that she's being blackmailed by an app. They don't do anything over the phone. So her friend Alex, who I absolutely love, Alex, she's one of those people who. Looks like she's smiling all the time. So Aww. she's like talking about her friend dying. <laughs> she has like a big smile on her face. Aww. But she just has like she just has a She has the opposite of you. Yeah. She has no, a resting happy face. What's so funny <laughs> is that today I was looking in the mirror and I'm like, that's why I look like I have RBF because my mouth goes down. Yeah, mine does too. That's that's the problem. I just mine need to get, get surgery. That's, that's to get... I, I, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you just look like a clown. I need to get mine, surgery. To mine go, goes uh, down because I sleep like that. I sleep with the biggest frown on my face. I sleep like, and I have all these wrinkles <laughs> down. I'm like, oh my god. I try and go to sleep like this. <laughs> it's it smiling. doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should try. I'm gonna to do die that. like that. Somebody's gonna walk in my room and be like, ah! <laughs> Penelope every night's probably like, oh my god, stop. <laughs> oh, Poor girl is listening to me snore every night. <laughs> oh, I feel for her. Shut up. She snores too. <laughs> One night in uh, in Ohio. I was sick. Oh my God, I was so mad at you. I, know, I felt, I hate it. I hate it. So, well, that's one of the reasons this weekend I'm traveling and I'm staying in a hotel. Because that's I how my grandfather was because he hated just, that he snored. I feel so bad. Like I hate it. I know. And you know, I went through all that, lost all that weight. And that was like the main thing that got, the primary thing that got me to start losing weight was... Did it help? My snoring. It absolutely did not help at all. Well, maybe you should go get a sleep study. I uh, know. Somebody else said that. Because maybe you're, like, going to die or something. Maybe I just need a vacation, Rose. I don't think that's it. Because we were on vacation, and you got the stomach bug, and you were snoring. <laughs> <laughs> that was so True awful. that. Oh, God. That was the worst. <laughs> oh, my God. And I was trying to be nice. Like, no, it's fine. I'll just sleep out on this. And I was like, what is she doing out there? That was horrible. <laughs> I tried to sleep out on that um, pull-out couch. Like and the it was fake like couch, bars. the cardboard couch. <laughs> oh, my God. It was like metal bars in my back. Ba- it was awful. Yeah, no. I... So next time we travel together, we're getting two rooms. <laughs> we could totally get two rooms. Even though I like seeing you naked. I know. I can still come in your room naked. Well, I don't want you to come. But no, you can... come in your room oh, naked. You can... Walk in your room oh, naked. Okay, okay. Don't be a dirty perv. <laughs> What are you doing? I'm trying to fix my playing drawstring. With yourself over there? I'm playing with myself. You got to be excited. <laughs> I'm fixing my drawstring on my pants. It went inside. It went in the little hole. Oh, the little hole. I'm trying to get that, that little. That hole ain't little. <laughs> that little. It pushed out a lot of bubbles. <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> she calls police again, reports that she is being blackmailed by an ex. 
They don't do anything over the phone. So her friend Alex is like, we need to go down to the station and report this in person. Mm -hmm. Her friend Alex is badass. And so they both go down there, and there's video of this, like, walking up to the station, going in the door. Is it real video or reenactment? It's real video. Oh, okay. Uh, And then they're, like, shown, like, sitting in the reception area. And they interview her, and the entire interview is done in the fucking reception area. Oh, for the love of fucking Pete. They didn't even take her into a room. Where she could have privacy. Right. They do it in the reception area looking at... Oh, my God. Tell me about your nudes. Right. Here in the reception area of the police station. And they were, like, looking at them, too. Ew! Yeah. Oh, my God. So, this officer is interviewed for this 2020 episode, which was... The 2020 episode was really good. And so, at first, they show Alex saying, she's like, I don't think they were taking Lauren seriously. We showed her the... We showed them the sex registry, like, the guy's sex registry, and they just didn't really seem to think it was a big deal. Like, they didn't... How? I, 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 Rose, how? That's how I feel this whole time. The guy like, is stalking her. This is year what? What year is this? This is like 90. 2018. Okay, 2018. I said 90. She was born in 97. So this is 2018. He's stalking her. He's threatening her. He's, he's, um, trying blackmailing to, her. Blackmailing her, right? He's trying to spread like yeah. nude pictures of her, which is, well, she was over 21, so it wasn't child. And then, but all these things. And they, and he is a sexual offender, and they don't care. They don't care. Oh my God! Let me at them. I oh want to choke no, everyone. No, it them. gets worse. Okay. <laughs> Why so, do you have to do this when I'm already stressed today? Really? You just you're going to have to take another break and go to the liquor store and get me more liquor. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to and do I this. Watching this at the beach, I was like yelling at the TV. I was so mad. Oh my God! So the host of 2020 says to this officer, Miguel Darius, "Fuck him, Darius, or whatever." Oh, this guy is really loud. Fucking douchebag like i i wanted to reach through the screen and strangle him so the 2020 host says those were serious charges that didn't give you concern and this motherfucker says yeah there was concern but and he pauses for a long time we we weren't sure that it was him anyone could have been extorting her that's why there were random phone numbers unknown emails that they wanted to blackmail her he was the only man she had ever been with. And she showed him the numbers, and one of them was Sean's old, or Melvin's old number. And he still brushed it off, saying it was probably a scam. This is what, this, Rose, I, I don't this know is a how prime parents, example of why women do not report things. This is, this is a prime example. 100%. And I don't know how her mother didn't fucking murder this guy. Like, could you imagine... Oh. I mean, she must have the... His dick would be a fucking ornament on my Christmas tree. I would... Yeah. I, I can't even... Like, if you... You're the reason, literally the reason my daughter got killed, because you didn't take her seriously, and that was your job, I would... F- I don't oh. even care if I go to jail. No. I'd just yeah. fucking kill you. Yeah, your dick would... Yeah. Your dick and his balls would be ornaments on my right. Christmas tree. Exactly. Yeah. And he gets worse. Don't worry. Oh, good grief. So, and he's interviewed in this. I'm like, why are you being interviewed? He sounds like a fucking moron. Because he's a cocky, he's a fucking narcissist cocky cop. That's what he is. You have to watch this. Well, I don't think he's a cop anymore. I I can't. I can't watch this. No, I can't watch it. I'll I'll be screaming. I'll throw, I'll break my TV. I'll throw something at my TV. (laughs) I can't do it. He was making me so mad. So this case was assigned to the, so he's not like the detective. He's like a lower level, right? Clearly. Yeah. 
Oh, well, the detective's not any better. So this case was assigned to the on-call detective, who happened to be a woman who was not in the office that day. She contacts her supervisor about it, and he tells her, oh, well, don't worry about going in. It's not a big deal. And so Lauren that night calls, after visiting the campus police, she's like, I don't know what to do. So she calls the Salt Lake City police. Okay. And she's like, I don't know what to do. They're not doing anything. Can Mm -hmm. you help me? And they're like, well, we can't do anything. You need to call campus, please. No. And so basically everyone's giving her the runaround. Melvin's fucking blackmailing her and harassing her. Basically, I don't know that he was threatening to kill her, but I'm sure sure it was like... Well, no, but his threats were just just a... A layer of the, right. you know, there's like another stage the of this, yeah, right. the abuse, yeah. So now it's October 19th, 10 days after they broke up, and Melvin starts to ex- escalate. He's caught on camera stalking her dorm dressed as Deadpool. They had gone to like a, um, a um, early Halloween party together, and he had dressed as Deadpool. And so there's the video in this, this um, 2020 episode is amazing. There's video of him, like, walking through a parking lot and at her front door of her dorm and stuff, walking around at, dressed as Deadpool. So, Rose, do you know why they had so many cameras back then? Why? Or, like, they have so many cameras in these places? Why? Just for these reasons, just for these situations yeah. where, like, somebody could be stalking or there could be somebody that's, right. like, harassing. Or that's why they put cameras up because, you know— 20, 30 years ago, there weren't cameras everywhere. So right. now there is, you know, in this time. So that we could watch them later after someone's murdered. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's amazing. This is infuriating. So, okay. So at 4.02, she's shown walking into her dorm. Like in the, it's like key card kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. She's shown walking into her dorm. And at 4.03, he's on camera walking up to the front door right behind her. And he can't get in because he doesn't have a key card. But it's terrifying to watch like i i hope her parents didn't watch that because it's fucking terrifying and the entire time he's carrying this little black bag so at 4:48, she calls the salt lake city police to tell them that melvin had contacted her and was asking her why she was talking to the police and threatening her and she doesn't know what and she doesn't know how he knows that that's creepy information yeah so now she feels like maybe somebody in the police is telling right. the police department's telling and so him. she tells this dispatcher you know she's like i'm afraid that Somebody in the police, in the um, university police office is, like, giving Melvin information. Mm-hmm. And this bitch says, um, so why are you contacting Salt Lake City Police? And Lauren is like, well, I'm scared and I don't know what to do. And the dispatcher says, well, yeah, something like that is, something like that, you're going to want to contact the officer working on your case at campus, please. Not... See, I don't even understand this. So does – I mean, you might not know this. So like here in Charlottesville, University Police, I don't know. Does Charlottesville Police have authority over University Police in certain situations? So I would think that because, I mean, every university – like what are University Police? Like security guards? Like No, they're actual real police officers. They? they are real police officers. Well, in every case I've like looked at, they suck. Yeah. Even the ones at UVA. Well, the, yeah, I mean, the UVA police are actual police officers because um, I had a friend who worked for the sheriff's department. And like a sheriff's deputy is not the same as a police officer. You know what I'm saying? Right, like they're yeah. a lot different. Yeah. 
Especially if you're not in like out in the county. Like yeah. if you're in a, like a rural county, a sheriff's deputy is like a police officer. But right. like in a city, they're not. Like no, they just right. they just yeah. serve warrants and stuff. Uh-huh. So and they like protect the courtroom. But you can like she was. I knew somebody that was a deputy. She worked at the courthouse, and then she went to university police. So it's definitely not the tier, in my opinion. And I don't think it is of, like, the Charlottesville police. But then I wonder, like, so so if, like, who do they report to? Like, so if the university police is not doing their job, do you go to the state police? or Because the state police over, is over the Charlottesville police. So I think it's the university. Like, the president is in charge of the university police. I know, but then if they don't, like— Right. That's that's the I think that's the thing. It's like she should have been able to call the the Salt Lake City police and say they're not doing they're their not helping job. Me. Right. You do. You help me. So I think and I they like are also brushing her off. I wonder if the state police in that situation would. I would have been calling over. the fucking FBI. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. Somebody. I mean, but this girl is 21 and she's like has the mind to do all this. The fact is, that she's she's like persevering and she's constantly. Like, um, not per, that's not the word I'm looking for. Um, she's constantly like going back and saying, no, this is not right. Going back. And, yeah, and right. most people would have given up at this point. And trying different things. Right. So she calls the campus police again and she finally gets a call back from the detective working on her case, who's a woman. The one that had been assigned the case and then was on call and called yeah. her detective her boss and like, was, he was like don't worry about enough? it yeah no. no don't worry about it so it had been 10 days and this woman had not even bothered to call lauren and she basically has to tell her the entire story like either the oh the God. woman didn't remember or she hadn't looked at the file or whatever it was on her caseload and she didn't bother to look at it so she t- lauren tells her the entire story again from the beginning then the detective's like, well, you need to send me an email de- detailing everything. Give what? Give me a fucking runaround. It no, because me... she does, she's too lazy to take her fucking statement? Oh, right, right. Yeah. Oh, you lazy bitch. And she's already given a couple of statements. So I guess like 10 calls to the police and a couple of statements isn't good enough. Like she also has to write an email. And just rehash it over and right, over again. Yeah. That, that, that's not traumatic. And then she tells her mom that she's like, mom, I think... They're getting um, tired of me because I'm annoying them. And her mom's like, no, that is their job. You listen to me. That's their job. They are supposed to help you and listen to you and and do what's needed to protect you. Put down the fucking donut. Yeah. And do your goddamn job. And um, her mom's awesome, too. I mean, and so Lauren tells Alex, which this makes me so sad. She's like joking with Alex. She's like, I hope, you know, in a few years we're going to look back at this and think it's like a like a funny joke. Like, Ugh. we're going to laugh at all of this, you know? We laugh at it, yeah. Hmm. So, on the 22nd, she gets a text saying, this is Deputy Chief McClellan. I need you to meet me down at the station ASAP. And that's when she notices that the spelling errors and grammar are similar to Melvin's. And so... At 10 a.m., she calls the station, and Miguel, the douchebag, is like, that's definitely not Chief McClellan. Chief McClellan was her detective's boss. Right. Um, so then at, that was at 10 a.m. So then at 10.06, she's on video entering Heritage Hall, which is a building in on campus. At 10.07, she's seen walking across campus. 10.08, Melvin is seeing 
is seen entering Heritage Hall carrying the little black bag. Oh, my God. He, like, goes around looking. Like, you can tell he's, like, looking for her. And they show all this. You can tell he's, like, looking for her. And then he leaves. He goes back to her dorm to wait outside for her. Her calendar shows that she's in a meeting with her counselor. Um, her mom had encouraged her to, like, go see her counselor when all this is going on. So this was, like, her second time meeting with her counselor. She calls Miguel back at 11.55, then again at 12.08, and then he calls her back at 12.14. And she and Miguel happen to both be, like, in the same area of campus. And so he's like, come meet me here. Like, they're both close by. So she goes over and meets him, shows him the messages, and he's like, send a screenshot of those to your detective. And then they left. That's all he did. Oh, Bless his heart. Yeah. Don't worry about, like... I, I don't need to walk you anywhere. You'll be fine. I went to, like, police academy or whatever to learn about this shit. But I don't feel that you're in any danger that this guy is pretending no. to be an officer and trying to lure you out of your It sounds like dorm. he went to the movie police academy and didn't go to an actual police academy. Why'd you just dump that on your phone? I didn't mean to. <laughs> you want more? No, I, it's okay. okay. Uh, you were like, what? I was like, did I spill? <laughs> Looked like you dumped it. No, I was trying to get the piece of meat. Oh, okay. In there. Anyway, go ahead. So, meanwhile, I go clean up lime people <laughs> my kitchen floor. Melvin is on camera all over campus looking for her, like, like manically, like walking all over the campus looking for her, where he thinks she might be. Because he's psychotic. He is psychotic. He gets into her dorm multiple times. Um, like her neighbors are letting him in. One of her neighbors lets him in, and Melvin hangs out with them. He's a student, and he hangs out in their room with some other students. And, like, for, he's in there for a while. This is around between, like, 7 and 8 p.m. This is in her dorm. In her dorm. Oh, my God. He's in one of their rooms. And while he's there, he's like, oh, you guys would be tripping if you saw what I had in this bag. And so he, they're like, well, what is it? And then he pulls out a gun. Oh, my God. He's been carrying this gun for days. On campus. Yeah, looking for her. So back then it was probably not illegal to have a gun on campus. Oh, no, it was. No, you it, said was that, yeah, it was illegal. You he had it was. in a little back ba- black bag, so nobody questioned him. So, th- and it's a bunch of boys. I mean, yeah, they're, they're like, like oh, well, that's cool. And <gasps> the guy <gasps> says he, like, picked it up and was, like, playing with it for a few minutes and then gave it back they to him. They all grunted and beat on yeah, their chest. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then the guy, like, a few minutes later was like, yeah, well, I need to go study at the library, so you got to go. Because yeah. he's like, why are you... Yeah. Hanging out with us, you know? So Melvin leaves. You're 37. (laughs) Yeah. So Melvin leaves the dorm. Well, he had told them he was a student. Oh, of course. I don't know. Like, that's like me going to to a college and being like, yeah, I'm a student. (laughs) Be like, no, you're not, old lady. Yeah. So Melvin leaves the dorm at 8 10 p.m. At the same time, Lauren is leaving her final class and walking back to her dorm. And she calls her mom. She's in a great mood. She's talking to her mom. Her mom's, like, in their living room talking to her on speakerphone, um, and the dad's there. And, and she's, like, telling them how she's been working on this assignment, and she's, like, ahead of schedule, and she's feeling really good about it. That's the best feeling. And then suddenly her mom hears Lauren yell, no, no, no. And the phone goes silent. Like, the phone drops and goes silent. Oh, Jesus. Her mom stays on the phone and screams to her husband to call the police. And so he grabs his phone, calls 911, and they transfer the call to campus security. Oh, yeah, great. So I'm going to play this 
call because I felt, I feel like even when he called them, they were just kind of nonchalant about it. Like they didn't really, like there was no rush. Like, oh, I don't, I don't know. You, you I don't have to understand. To like, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it either. All right. So let me play this recording. So this is the dad calling. This campus. is a dad calling. He called 911 in Washington and they transferred him to, to the campus police. Security, how can I help you? Hi, is this the University of Utah? This is. How can I help you? Okay. This is a dispatch center in the state of Washington. I have a 911 call to transfer you. Hold on one moment, please. Okay. Sir, are you still there? Hi. Okay, you're on the phone with the dispatch for the University of Utah. Hi, this is, my Hi, this is Chris with the Lauren University McCluskey. of Utah Police. Hi, my daughter, Lauren McCluskey, uh, was talking to her mom, and then she just started saying, no, 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 and it sounded like someone might have been grabbing her or something. Okay. How long ago was this? This was just two, uh, two minutes ago. Okay. Hello, can you come down here? Does she live on campus? Yeah. Okay. Okay, and what, what's her name? Lauren McCluskey. Okay, will you spell that last name for me? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, will you, will you spell the last name for me? Yes, M-C-C-L-U-S-K-E-Y. Okay. Okay, and what's her date of birth? Okay. And you said the phone line went dead? Yeah, the phone line went dead. Okay, have you tried calling her back? No, I'm, I'm sorry, the phone is not dead, but but we can't... Um, her, she must have dropped it and the phone connection is still here. It's, do you want the number? Or? Uh, yes, please, open. It's okay, and do you happen to know what building or room number she lives in? I'm sorry? Do you know what room number she lives in and what building? Uh, yes, but, well, um, what building she her house. What, what, what building is she living? Um. Okay, she lives on the. Um, it's not. It's not Point, but it's one of the other ones. Building eight hundred and thirty something. Matt McCluskey. Okay. 
Okay, what's a good phone number for you? Um... broken up with a boy okay. or a man um, recently, and um, he's a pretty tall black guy. Sean Fields is his name. Okay. Has he made any threats or anything like that? Um, her, His friends were kind of harassing her a little bit. Well, they, they were. The campus police were involved with that. Yes. Okay, I actually, I have an officer right here that dealt with that. Let me talk to him for one second. I'll be right back on with you, okay? I'll still be able to hear you, but you won't be able to hear me. Okay. bring my cell phone because I gave him my phone number, okay? It's uh, upstairs in my closet or on my nightstand in case they call that number. Okay, let's focus. Call the cops. Tell her to, tell her to just call the cops directly. Would that be better? Yeah. 
yeah, if she could call us directly, that would be awesome. I'm going to let you go, and if you hear anything, if you hear anything else, give us a call back, please. Okay. So I'll stop it there because oh God, I feel sick to my stomach. <laughs> I'm so stressed right now. I know. Right? <laughs> You notice how they're the dispatchers like kind of nonchalant until the girl picks up the is like picks up the phone it's and like, is oh, like oh I just found this phone right and and then the the dispatcher's like oh wait what like it feels like he like jumps into action well it's like, because they were like he said he's he said wait the person handling a case just walked up and they're like oh shit I haven't done anything and oh my god the guys abduct you know now they're, they're like all right. the pieces are coming together and they're like oh I'm gonna get in trouble oh my god it just it makes me so mad. They just, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel the same. I'm like, Ugh. I'm like so, I'm wound up right now. I'm Can like so tight. Can you imagine her poor, like her poor parents? They have to feel so helpless. Oh my God. And just, I'm not saying that any less of her dad, but like as a mom, I know like, I can't even imagine how her well, mom feels. Well, the fact that she's sitting there and, and she's like. You know, he's like, "What? What building is she in?" She's like, "Uh, uh, uh you yeah." Know, like, that you stuff can't lose, remember. You lose right. that stuff. You can't remember. You absolutely it. like that stuff goes out of your mind because you're like you're in such like a panic, right? Ugh. Oh, and she's trying to remember it, but she's just so fucking worried. Oh, so after that girl picks up the phone, the police immediately go out looking for her because now they're like, "Oh wait, she really was abducted." This. Is, you know, father isn't just... Oh, this guy is a real douchebag. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah, right. And so it's... They um, put an APB out for him immediately. Um, they're interviewing people around. People are saying that they heard gunshots in the area. Oh, Jesus. Um, so they know that she was abducted and there were gunshots, but they don't know anything else. So around... They're searching, like, all the cars in the area... Um, and around 10 p.m., they find Lauren in the back of a car, and she's dead. Multiple gunshot wounds. Oh, my God. He had shot her seven times. Good God. So they have to immediately call her parents and tell oh her the God. news. Her poor parents. And her parents, her mom calls her best friend, Regina, and tells her. And, and oh, it's so, like, her her friends, like, and I know it's not sadder than the parents, but her friend just breaks down. Like your oh, best yeah. friend from childhood is. Oh my god! You know, and she tells her we lost Lauren, and I don't know how much the friend knew about what was going on. Right. Um, but she, I mean, she knew she was in a bad relationship. But so there is video that has never been shown publicly, but um, they described in this 2020 episode. And it's of Lauren talking on her phone to her mom, and she gets up to her dorm door. Mm-hmm. And as she's like using her key card to get in, they see feet come up behind her, mm-hmm. and Melvin grabs her, and he takes he carries her off to his car, and then in the middle of the campus, it's actually his neighbor's car. Yeah, takes her off, and nobody nobody notices nobody notices because it's like it's at eight eight eighteen p.m. I know, but on a campus, that's Yeah, right. Like... That's not that late. Yeah. I guess nobody noticed. Um, and he's 6 feet, 250 pounds, and she's 5'8 and 121 pounds. So she's much smaller than him. So he grabs her and just drags her off and then throws her in the car and shoots her. Hmm. So, you know, they find Lauren, but they have no idea where Melvin is. 
So they um, put on an APB for him, and the news is showing pictures, his picture, and all the news channels are showing his picture, and, and everyone's looking for him. And, you know, he's a sex offender and murderer, and he's on the loose in this fucking campus that's supposed to be, like, super safe. The safest place to go. Yeah, right. And so later that night, this woman gets home from a date, and she's watching the news, and she sees a picture of this guy. And sees that he was picked up in a silver Sonata at the rail station. And she's like, oh, my God, I picked him up at a rail station in a silver and she owns a silver Sonata. And so she immediately calls the police. She had met this guy, met Melvin on like a dating app and had, was going to go out on a date with him. And he's like, oh, can you come pick me up at the rail station? And they went out to dinner. After, After he, he murdered, murdered her. Lauren. He murdered Lauren, called this, went to the rail station, called this woman to pick him up, and they went out to dinner. And so she immediately calls them, and they're like, you need to come down to the station yeah, right now. Yeah. So she comes down in her PJs. They have her face, face blurred and her name. They don't give her name because uh-huh. she was fucking terrified. She's, oh God, I mean, she, she had no idea. Yeah, he right. could have just been like on a, bin, like a bender right. of some kind, right? And... Um, she's like, she tells them everything and she tells them where she had dropped him off or whatever. And so they go to that area and they're searching for him and see him walking like down the road. And so it turns into a chase, like a on foot chase. Mm -hmm. And he runs down the road, runs, breaks into a church. And once he runs into the church, he immediately shoots himself and kills himself. With the same gun he just used to kill Lauren. I know. So within a few days, the journalists, you know, obviously find out about this Mm -hmm. and they dig up all the information on Melvin. He had done the same thing in past relationships. He had an extensive criminal history, Mm -hmm. including raping and assaulting a 17-year-old. The campus police never even looked him up. They never contacted him. If well, okay, Miguel says he did look him up, but if he would have scrolled down, like, what did you just look at his Facebook? Right. If he would have scrolled down on his like record, record or whatever, a little more, he would have seen that he was still in um, being paroled, and or under parole or whatever you call it, and he would have been able to contact his parole officer, and they interview his parole officer, and she's like, like nobody did what they were supposed to do, like. I, I would have immediately gone and gotten him if somebody had called me. Yeah. They should have called him the first That's time. the whole purpose for a parole, right? right? She sh- they should have called him the f- her for the first time that that Lauren contacted them. Not, you know, I mean, she contacted I can't believe them. this guy, this cop Miguel, had the balls to even show his face on this documentary. I felt this exact same way. I'm oh like, my God. what the He's fuck is such wrong a with you? douchebag, narcissist asshole. And he was just like, yeah, I didn't and do anything wrong. And he was wrong. so stupid. Like... What he was saying, and and Chris is like, well, he does cry at the end saying he's sorry, and I'm like, I don't give a fuck. He should cry. Yeah, he should be. No, no, I he should be tar and feathered and run right. out of town. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they so they never looked him up. They never contacted him. Never contacted his parole officer. She's like, the parole officer is crying. She's like, 
I'm so sorry to like the the host asked her like what would you oh say to the parents god. if you if oh you my could god talk she to them? feels terrible and she's like I've I've wanted to talk to them so say I'm sorry like I I I wanted to protect your daughter but I didn't I wasn't given the option you know yeah because the police dropped the ball she knew exactly how he was I mean she knew exactly how he was and so um, even she, in and during this episode. The um, host tells the parole officer that during his parole hearings, Melvin had told the judge or whoever that he had raped two other women, at least two other women. And nobody ever looked into it. Nobody ever questioned it. They just took it and were like, okay. And that he had manipulated like all the women he's ever met, at least 50, he said, to have sex with him and to do what he wanted. But they never, ever looked into any of it. Oh, my God. Great system. I know. And his parole officer was like, she was pissed. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that should he have ever even been paroled? But, I mean, if he served his time, you have to let him no. out. I get okay, that, so but... that's the thing. He was paroled before this twice. And he, both times, he violated parole and was sent back to jail. Isn't there the three strikes kind of thing? But maybe not for I this. I don't know There's how like that works. Yeah. Three strikes is for certain, like... And um, I think that's only in certain states like California. Well, it is isn't. It is in certain states. It's in Virginia, too. Um, but it's like, I think it's for certain crimes. It's like habitual offender yeah, right. or stuff like yeah. that. It's like, it's definitely different for each state and whatever. Um, And so... He was paroled twice, and then the reason the judge says they par- she paroled him or he paroled him is because he had 16 months left, okay? Mm-hmm. And they wanted him to be under supervision during that time. And I guess you couldn't, like, if they had released him on his release date, he wouldn't have been under, right. like, parole. Right, so under supervision means yeah. that they can see if he's going to do it again. Yeah, right. But- but that it has, doesn't help if that he's, nobody's the, reporting that, it. That's assuming that the police and the, the system's right. going to work. Yeah. And it didn't work. And it didn't. Um, oh, my God. I'd be so fucking angry if I was her parents. So the university investigates the case and the actions of the campus police. And Ruth Watkins, who was the university president at the time, says, <laughs> you're going to want to scream when you hear this. So there, there's like a panel of them and they're doing like a media interview. Mm-hmm. And she says, you know, that she's read through the report, blah, blah, blah. And then she says, this report does not offer us a reason to believe that this tragedy could have been prevented. And that's like an infamous line because everyone's like, yeah, it could have been prevented. Absolutely. It could have 100%. been prevented. 100%. One week before it happened. Right. It could have been prevented. Two right. weeks before right. it happened, it could have been prevented. Yeah. Oh, my God. She had called the police six times in 10 days, begging them to help her, and nobody helped her. He had been let out of prison on April 17th, 2018, just five months before he met Lauren. And if he had served his entire sentence, he would not have been out until the following fall and would have never met her. But, you know, he probably would have met someone else and done the same thing. Yeah. Unfortunately. No, absolutely. So... He was also, like, talking about times he could have been sent back to prison. He had a gun. He had told Lauren he was going to get her gun. He's not supposed to have a gun. He's a felon. Oh, my God. They could have reported him on that. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many times they could have reported him. 
Wait, but no, who knew he had the gun? She had reported it. Oh, that's right. Well, okay. she had reported that um, Diamond. Remember, Diamond reported it and right. said that that he was planning to give her a gun. Give her a gun. And that's then right. I think she had probably told. I think she had told campus police that he was going to give her a gun. So remember the pictures that Melvin was going to use to blackmail. Yeah, Lauren. So. Miguel had told her to send those to him so that they could, like, he could report it or whatever, put it in her file. So he showed multiple people around the precinct or whatever it's called. Um, and he had said, like, inappropriate remarks about him. Like, oh, I get to look at these whenever I want and just inappropriate Ew, things. you fucking creep. I know. So Miguel and many others were let go from the office. I can't imagine why. I know, from the station. In 2019, Lauren's parents filed a lawsuit against the University of Utah, and they settled for $13.5 million. Oh, my God. They gave the entire $13.5 million to the Lauren McCluskey Foundation oh. to support the foundations, the missions of the foundation, which includes campus safety, animal welfare, and amateur athletics. At the end of the 2020 episode, her father said... There are girls who are as precious to their parents as our daughter is to us, and they do not receive this le- level of attention. I think people really should think about that. I certainly do. There are a lot of Laurens out there who you don't hear about. And that's the tragic story of Lauren oh my McCluskey. God, Rose, that's so horrible. I know, it was horrible. I've never heard this story. I've never heard it. Yeah, neither had I. I, oh my God. Why did Chris, where did Chris hear it? Um, you know, he's like on all those sports Sports pages and stuff. Yeah. So it's just so, it, this is, it's so frustrating. I know. And I think what's more frustrating, not more frustrating, but it's just the fact, this cop, it just shows what a fucking narcissist he is. The fact that he would, I would never in a million years, if I made a mistake like that, I would never yeah, right, have shown right. my face on a documentary yeah. or a 2020. I'd have been like, no thanks, no comment. And you I wonder I mean? if he's like thinking he was going to like clear his name. Oh, my God, he's a douchebag. But, yeah, he, I mean, still. Is he, he thinks what he did was right? No, I think he know. like, I think he admitted that what he did was wrong, but he kind of blamed it, like, oh, well, we didn't have the training. We weren't trained to do that. I don't care. Like, I, no, we know you're supposed to do training. that. Right. That's human training. That's human training. That's called human. If we know human. that, then you should yeah. know that as a police officer. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. So it's such bullshit. That's so sad. That you, you, that was a really, it was a really, really good story. That was, uh, I mean, tragic. Yeah, but right. you did a really good job well, with the you. story. You did a really good job. I love you too. Aw, oh, So you guys, if you like so that, if you story, like this story, please uh, share it with your friends. Um, we are on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. No ordinary women pod. And on Twitter at no ord o r d women pod, give us a shout out, uh, drop us a note, let us know what you thought of the podcast. Um, this episode, this was Rose did a phenomenal job. So send her the clapping hands emoji, Woo-hoo. you guys. And we'll be back next week with another. Actually, my story <laughs> next week is really gross and crazy. So. Good luck. Brace yourselves. (laughs) See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.